Welcome to FitRx with Dr. Greg Dennis. Join me as we challenge the standard sick model of healthcare. This is your source for everything health, wellness, fitness, prevention, biohacking, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of FitRx. I am your host, Dr. Greg Dennis, and today we are going to talk about saunas. Uh, I have been wanting to do this for a while because I have a sauna personally, absolutely love it, and I did an episode on cold thermogenesis early on, and I'm surprised it's taken me this long to, to talk about uh, saunas, but we're here now to tell you all about saunas and the health benefits and why you should uh, get one yourself. So here to help me discuss this is Rick Mao. He is the founder of Almost Heaven Saunas. He has years and years of experience in the sauna business. Uh, so Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right. So let's start off just telling your story, how uh, you, know, you discovered saunas and then went on to, to start this, this company and, and how all that came about. So just kind of uh, tell us how you got started in the, in the sauna business. Well, I grew up in a swimming pool business um, where my father started, and that evolved into the hot tub business, the spa business. That uh, was a dealer direct. There was no internet back in those days. And we were growing nicely, and we would sell to independent dealers, brick-and-mortar mom and pop shops and it was going well. And uh, we wanted to diversify into some new products that these dealers could offer. And so we had an opportunity to purchase uh, almost heaven saunas, which at that time was doing a lot of different things, uh, spas, saunas, uh, gazebos, custom work, very small operation. Um, and so we purchased that in 1998 and for a bunch of years, it uh, did fine, but we found that dealers didn't necessarily know how to sell saunas, didn't know the story. It wasn't a real American thing at that time. It was a more of a niche uh, product. But then uh, in 2007, I sold the hot tub company and decided to keep saunas and just focus on that. And about the same time, the internet was online retail and so forth was starting to uh, grow and become popular. And thing led to another and uh, we just kind of rode this wave of uh, online retailing as well as a awareness of saunas by the consumers on what they were, the health benefits and so forth. And it's just been a nonstop uh, uh, ride ever since. And then uh, two years ago, I sold the company to Harvia out of Finland. And um, I am part of the Harvia group now. So I work for them and uh, develop the marketing and the uh, distribution here in the United States. So as you were doing this, uh, I mean, was, was Asana something that, that you believed in personally, or did you just uh, kind of learn about it since you were in the business and then you discovered the, the health benefits? Like, like, what did it mean to you personally, I guess, to, to, to have Asana? It was funny. When we first uh, purchased it, we got introduced to these folks. I don't know that I'd ever been in Asana. All I knew is they looked cool. It was a backyard product, at least some of them were, that could complement our, our hot tub business at the time. And so I, I knew nothing about them. 
but I was, you know, typical. I mean, saunas was a very, very small thing here in the U.S. That was back before even the infrared sauna craze hit. And so um, I had to learn with everybody else. And of course, now I have a sauna. I've had saunas for years. I've uh, been to Finland many times now as part of the Harvia group, participated in the true Finnish sauna experience many times. So yeah, I'm I'm a believer now, but it it was a journey and uh, just an education. I think like it is with everybody. Okay, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Just kind of the, the benefits of of a sauna. So well, let's let's talk about the different types of saunas. What what you have been involved with, and what I have uh, personally at my house is more of a traditional, what they call a traditional Finnish sauna. So just just kind of talk about what that is, and then maybe if you want to go ahead and talk about the difference. So there's a, a traditional sauna, infrared sauna, and a steam sauna. So just kind of talk about those individually, if you will, and, and maybe what the difference is. Sure. Well, you're describing what you have correctly. A traditional sauna would be a sauna with a, a, a room with a heater that has uh, stones in it. It's either powered via electric or wood stove. There are a few instances of gas powered but it heats the stones and the stones transfer the heat to the room. It gets very hot. You can throw water on the rocks, generate steam. And a traditional sauna is the same thing. You hear the term wet sauna, dry sauna. Well, it's a dry sauna when it's just hot and there's absolutely zero humidity in the air because it's so hot. You throw water on the rocks and you just fill the room with the steam, as you know, now it's a wet sauna. But it's the same thing when, when people talk about, do you have a dry sauna or a wet sauna? There is no difference. It's just whether you throw water on the stones or not. An infrared is really not a sauna at all because by definition, a sauna requires high temperature. It requires stones and water thrown on the stones, none of which an infrared uh, does. And so we refer to them as infrared cabins. Um, people call them saunas. It's a lower temperature experience. Um, it's, there's value to that. It's just different. And it's, um, it's more principled on heating the body rather than the room. And there are different variations of the infrared cabin experience. And then a steam room, as you uh, refer to it, you know, you could, you could say your sound is a steam sauna because it generates steam, but a steam room is different. That's where you go into the room and you have these nozzles spraying hot mist at you. And that's not a sauna, that's a steam room. But, but they all fit in that wellness space. And Harvey as a company uh, sells all of these products, different parts of the world. Um, but the sauna, the traditional sauna as you, as you have and I have, and we're talking about is the hot temperature, throw water on the rocks, generate the steam experience. Yeah. And so the traditional, uh, I think you mentioned it, tends to get a lot hotter than the other ones. Yes. Uh, so you know, probably average ranges, what, 160 to 200? Would that be accurate yeah. in, a, in a traditional sauna? Yeah, that, that would be right. And, and there's no, people ask sometimes, what's the, what's the right temperature? Well, there is no right temperature. It's what you like. You know, it's, um, some people like it lower at 160, 165, and that is a low sauna temperature. Or you've got the uh, high of 196 is the recommended top end or 194. Um, but you can get them above 200. It, it, a lot of it depends in the room where you're measuring the temperature. And of course, in a traditional sauna, you typically will have multi-tiers of seating. So you can sit high in the heat because heat rises. And if you want to cool off, 
or be in a lower temperature, then you sit on the lower bench. But that's that's the traditional sauna experience where you you can sit in the temperature zone that you would like. Um, not all saunas are designed to have multiple or multi-level seating, but still the principle is the same and the temperature range is up to 200, like you say. I, I'm kind of an extremist, as my, my wife would say, so I tend to like it up close to 200 degrees. Um, but when she gets in there with me, she doesn't like it quite that hot. So, um, but I, I like it really hot. Um, I, I do as well. Yeah. Uh, and so you mentioned the infrared. So the infrared... It, it just kind of works differently because it heats the body, um, but it, it's not as hot. So infrareds get up, what, to 130, something around there? Between 130, 140. But, you know, sometimes they'll advertise they're higher and so forth. But the reality is an infrared uh, cabin will only get a certain number of degrees above the ambient te- temperature in the room. So, and, and only up to a point. So it'll never exceed, it'll never get as hot as a traditional uh, sauna. And the principle, again, is, is much different. The, the heat is it's coming through infrared panels or light. And so it's designed to be a penetrating heat, whereas a true, a traditional sauna heats the room, just makes the room hot. And of course, that heat transfers into your body. Yeah. And I think there's, some, there's definitely some health benefits that you can achieve from an infrared sauna. And they, they, they tend to be kind of trendy right now. I, I just think for me personally, one, you, you have to stay in longer, I think, to probably receive those benefits. And, and two, I just, um, I like getting really hot. And so that's, that's part of the experience of it. And, and so I just don't, you know, in, in the infrared saunas for me personally, and it's probably just a personal thing, but uh, I just don't enjoy them as much. What's your experience with, with the infrared versus the traditional Right. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. There are some people that simply can't take the high temperature of a sauna. Um, and so there's no reason for them to have one. They would rather have a much smaller room where they can just have it warm. And of course, warmth is certainly good for circulation. It's good for uh, uh, relief of some muscles, joints. Warmth is always good for that sort of thing. Sauna takes everything to another level and then adds so many other aspects to it. One of the things about infrared, though, is that um, they're generally, uh, we call it plug and play, but you can, you can plug an infrared into most 110-volt outlets in your home, whereas a traditional sauna, you have to have it wired to 220 to get, to get the heat. And infrared uh, cabins are generally smaller, uh, snap together, they're, they're convenient. As a result, they're much less expensive. And so you can have a, a heat, a warmth experience for a lot less money and, and, and investment in time and um, electricity and all that than you would a, a traditional sauna. But then the trade-off is you don't get the benefits of the added temperature of the steam. You know, the steam generates, as, as you know, all kinds of benefits for respiratory, for skin tone, uh, moisturizing these sorts of things, but it, it's a personal preference. Some people will have both. You, you can have a traditional sauna and an infrared sauna okay. or infrared cabin. I'm, I'm picking up the nomenclature too, but that's what the public calls it, the infrared saunas. Okay. Um, and, and then, you know, we mentioned the steam sauna or the steam room rather, that's probably just something you're going to find at a, at a health you know, a gym or something like that, correct? Yeah, they're actually, though, uh, more popular in the States than what you might think. They're very popular in Europe. 
Hmm. Often a pe person will have a sauna and a steam room kind of not, not in the same room, but I mean, next to each other, go from one into the other. And I believe that, uh, and we believe as a company, uh, steam rooms uh, is a, a very untapped uh, market right now, just because of, again, awareness of the products available. But education-wise, people, the American culture, U.S. culture, is not steeped in the sauna, wellness, all these traditions that are in Europe. And, but they're coming this way. This is why you're having your podcast. I mean, you, you're building awareness for these. You've experienced it yourself. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a minute because you said you've been to Finland. And, uh, you know, I think of Finland being kind of the sauna capital, if you will, just because it's so commonplace over there from, from what I understand. So just tell us a little bit about that, maybe your experience when you were over there, just, just their lifestyle as it relates to the sauna. Most people in uh, Finland have multiple saunas. Uh, in Finland, it's, a, it's a, just a beautiful country. Um, it's, it's not a very dense population. And so people will have their primary residence and often then have a cottage uh, somewhere north or, you know, more in a rural setting. And uh, they'll have a sauna at their primary residence and they'll have a sauna or more at their vacation home, their, their cottage. And they spend a lot of time at vacation homes. It's, it's, it's part of the culture. In Michigan here, a lot of people have cottages or cabins up north. We call it up north on a lake. But it's a very small percentage of people that do. Whereas in Finland, just so many people do. It's just part of what you do. And every place you go has a sauna. And if you're in a big city, uh, I, I've been to Helsinki many times, and they have many, we would call them health clubs. Uh, they call them saunas where you go and there will be a maybe a swimming pool, maybe hot tubs and saunas, not only one sauna, but saunas at different temperatures. So you go to this range and this range, the high range and rotate around. Um, they have these in Germany as well. I've been to those. And it's just, it's a cultural thing that's just um, wonderful to experience. And, and so when I've been there, um, a typical sound experience, uh, whether you're at a public place or you're in a, maybe a business setting at more of a private thing, you, you go and you, you, there's always food involved. You know, they roasting sausages over a fire right by the sauna or within the sauna heater. They, you know, there's a lot of water, of course, very important. But a lot of people like to have a beer or whatever with their sauna. And then they, uh, you go to the sauna. And now it becomes more an individual thing. And it becomes a rotation because there's always a place to cool off. Maybe it's a dunk tank. Maybe it's a lake. Maybe it's a cold shower. Uh, whatever it is. But you go in the sauna till you're ready to be done. And then you go out here. You cool off. Take a break. Maybe have something to drink, something to eat. Then you go back in the sauna. It's not a one and done experience. It, it, it's a, top, a couple hours. It's, I've been on a boat. I've been on a 70 foot, um, just a beautifully restored old boat that had a sauna in it. And, and this is on a, some lake in Finland. And we go in a sauna. It only sat three people. But you'd start rotating. And to cool off, you'd jump into that, that cold water in the bay and then back back in the sauna and eat and it's just it's just a whole different thing but it's wonderful hmm. interesting uh, so i always hear that about them going into the cold you know after a sauna experience i do that 
here and I've got a swimming pool in my backyard and, and people have probably heard my podcast on cold thermogenesis. And of course, uh, around here, people think I'm crazy. Uh, but is that, is that pretty common that, I mean, do they do that like over in Finland uh, to, to just jump in the cool afterwards? Is, is... Absolutely. That, that's, that is absolutely a part of the experience. It's not that some do it or something. Everybody does. I've been there where I stayed in a cabin on a river. And so the experience was the sauna and you cool off in the river, back in the sauna, back in the river, as many times as you want. I've been at where there's uh, been in February where the lake was frozen and they had a hole cut in the ice. And you, you have a ladder down uh, through the ice into the lake and you'd get down in there. And I mean, you know, it, when it's February and it's, it's freezing that you, I mean, you're out as quick as you're in, mm-hmm. but then you're ready to get back in the sauna. Wow. Um, seen dunk tanks, you know, cold water, not a, not, not a hot tub, just a cold sure. dunk tank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's part of it. Mm-hmm. And often, uh, they'll also part of the Finnish culture is in a true sauna, you will have a bucket of water in the sauna for rinsing off. And so that when you're finished with the sauna, you can, they'll have a lot of times there'll be a, a water tank connected to the sauna heater. So the water is warm. So when you're finished with your sauna, you can soak off, wash off, and then rinse off right, right there and then get dressed and, and head your way. Very interesting. Okay. Because they, they don't always, this isn't part of a, there's not a locker room necessarily, or, you know, it might be a, a wood burning cabin or a sauna next to a cabin where there's no electricity. So then what do you do? Well, you heat the water with the, the wood burner and that's how you shower off. Okay. Well, let's talk about the benefits of a sauna. Uh, so why on earth would people want to get into a box that's 180, 190 degrees and you know, sweat their butt off. Uh, what, what are some of the health benefits? Well, you're the physician. So uh, from a medical standpoint, you, uh, you're the expert, not me. But as you know, having a sauna yourself, when you get in that hot room, your temperature rises. And if you sit in 190 degrees for 10 or 15 minutes, and all you do is sit there, you know that your heart rate starts elevating. You know, it. it's aerobic. It, it's it's good for your heart. Your, your heart's pumping. It's working because you're hot. Now, nobody would ever make a claim that that's the same as going out and running two miles. Never. But but it is an aerobic activity in a sauna. The temperature improves your circulation. Um, all you need to do is come out of the sauna. You, 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 uh, you're red. You're, you're just glowing because you've been in this warm in, environment. Sore uh, muscles and joints. Your, your whole body is, is sitting in this hot room. And it's, so it's very therapeutic. Even if you don't have a sore joint or whatever, um, it feels good. It's just from a from a enjoyment standpoint that warmth warmth is always a good thing. And of course, then the sweating. Um, you know, we we say, and this, this again, you're the you're the expert. You can put the medical twist on this, but your your body sweats to cool off, or it sweats to purify. So this is why when you when you have a you're sick and you got a fever you're you're sweating, right? Your body's trying to get rid of this junk. Well, a sauna uh, when that hot temperature you're you're sweating and so perspiring, yeah, it's cooling you off, but you're also sweating things out. You when just from a respiratory standpoint, 
when you uh, pour water on those stones and you get that humidity, it's wonderful. If you're feeling a little stuffed up with a cold, throw a little eucalyptus uh, oil in the, in the water um, in, that you sprinkle on there and you get this. It's just like sitting over, you know, when you were a kid and your mom put um, a vaporizer in your room, you know, and put the whatever in it. I just remember smelling that eucalyptus or whatever that you can do that in a sauna and it's just, it's just delightful and cleansing. That, that would be my best word for it. Now, for me, uh, a sauna helps me sleep. It's just, it's such a relaxing experience. People talk about endorphin relief, release. And, and if you sit in a sauna for, there's no time limit. Some people like to sit there 10 minutes, some 20. Some do it like the fins over a course of an hour or two back and forth. But when you're finished and, and, and you're just, it's now an hour past, you just feel this, I don't know, endorphic high that you feel after you've really worked out. And I'm sure you've experienced that, but it's just an exhilarating feeling and relaxing feeling. So th- th- there's, there's so many benefits uh, from both health and enjoyment in a sauna. And you can probably uh, add to the list I've made because you, you're a sauna user. Yeah. You mentioned, um, you know, your, your heart rate elevating and not, not to get too in the weeds here, but uh, your body also produces something called heat shock proteins, which you also produce when you exercise and you have some, some, you kind of damage the muscles, you uh, secrete these heat shock proteins. And so I've seen studies where you can uh, maintain muscle mass if you're not working out, but you're uh, going in a sauna regularly, you can you'll maintain some of your strength, some of your muscle mass, even not going to the, the gym because of the release of these heat shock proteins. So the other thing I would say, uh, you know, they did a study in, in, in Finland. Uh, we were talking about Finland and I cannot remember the year of this study, but they tracked uh, a large study. So they tracked 2,300 men for 20 years. So, I mean, this was no short-term thing. So for 20 years and they had kind of three groups they had a group that uh, did not use the sauna or they used it one time a week or less. They had a group that used the sauna two to three sessions per week. And then they had a group that used the sauna four to seven times per week. And so what they found after uh, this 20 years is the group two that uh, used it two to three times a week had a 22% decrease in cardiac deaths uh, compared to the first group, which, you know, rarely use the sauna. Uh, the third group that, that used it four to seven sessions per week. Um, oh, and by the way, they also, so 22% decrease in cardiac deaths. They also showed a 24% decrease in all cause mortality, meaning death from anything. Uh, the, the third group had a 63% decrease, uh, in cardiac deaths and a 40% decrease in all-cause mortality, again, meaning death from, from anything. So quite striking statistics there. And when I first read this, and, and as I was getting interested in, in saunas and stuff, and I came across this, I was like, okay, I'm a physician. I've been to medical school and residency, and I've never heard of this. And so why is this not more mainstream? Because if we had a drug that got anywhere close to those statistics, uh, I mean, it would, it would go crazy. Um, 
And so I was, I was, I guess, shocked that I never knew of, of these statistics. Um, and then it, I, I kind of had a light bulb moment. It occurred to me because of, as I've uh, uh, learned more about medicine recently, and a lot of my listeners will know this, that how influenced uh, the standard of care is from big pharma. And so it, it, once I realized that, I'm like, okay, well, it's no surprise that we haven't heard these statistics because nobody stands to make money on it other than sauna makers and, you know, uh, a big pharma is not involved in that. And so nobody, nobody knows of this. You don't hear a cardiologist talking about this. Hey, if you get in a sauna four to five times a week, you can decrease your risk for heart disease or heart attacks by 63%. I mean, you just, you, you don't hear that. So uh, anyways, I, I was just uh, amazed by that study. Let's see, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, I don't know if you mentioned heavy metals, you mentioned the sweating, uh, you know, it's a good way to detox um, your, your body. Uh, one way to, to get rid of heavy metals is to, to sweat. And obviously you sweat in the sauna. So it's a great way to, um, to, to detox from, from, uh, from heavy metals. Uh, immune system, I'd be interested to know your uh, personal experience with this, but I've told people, and this is, I don't know any of any studies with this, but it's, it's kind of uh, anecdotal, but as a physician, primary care physician, I used to get three to four just common colds per year because I'm seeing them all the time and I'm exposed to them all the time. And so um, I would, uh, you know, again, get three to four a year, which is about average. The average American will get about three to four colds per year. Since I have uh, got my sauna, which I have had it um, a year and a half I have had uh, one cold in, in a year and a half's time frame. Um, have you noticed that personally, uh, doing a lot of regular sauna use, just getting sick less often? Uh, I'm one of those fortunate people that just doesn't get sick that much, period. Um, I, I do think, uh, for me personally, um, fewer colds. I don't know that I can draw a direct correlation but I don't, I, I don't seem to get colds like I used to. Yeah. Um, I definitely sleep better. And, and so I'm more relaxed. So it, it does contribute for me personally to a better lifestyle. Now, I'm not one that uses it seven times a week. Uh, I did, but where my current, uh, our current home situation is we're in the process of, we live in a condo, I can't have a sauna there, but at where I'm in my office right here, is my barn and I have a sauna sitting right outside there, beautiful cabin, wood burning sauna. So I like to use that, but it's not a daily thing right now, but it will be once we move out here. Yeah. I guess, gotcha. so. yeah. so yeah. you said, you said it helps you sleep. So do you tend to use the sauna more of an evening or do you use it in the morning? No, if, if I, when I use it, it's generally late in the day. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say evening. It's, it's uh, prior to, to dinner, like to have the sauna clean up and then have dinner. Mm -hmm. Of course, then, then I'm absolutely exhausted. Full meal and a sauna. Perfect. Perfect. Right. 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 Very good. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk. You know. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, Back yeah, please go ahead. When you talk about um, uh, the, the pharma companies and all that, that that's your, I, I don't know anything about that, but I, I do know sauna is also a cultural thing. And so in, in Finland, for example, and, I'm just basing this on my observation and talking with friends over there, but it's a way of life. And it didn't start out to be a healthy thing necessarily, 
-hmm. That's the outcome. It absolutely is. But this just a part, they, they love it. And in, in, in one of the things about sauna use, and when we lived at our uh, previous house, when the kids were younger, we had sauna. And, and maybe you have this. When you're in the sauna, you, you, you talk. Whoever you're with, if you're with your wife or you're with your family, you talk. Uh, there's no TV. There there's, shouldn't be an, a stereo. Some people like to have one, but if you don't have a stereo, you're, you're forced to talk. And we've been in our own experience, but also we've been to Finland sitting with families in a sauna and teenagers and young people and just the, the chatter that goes on. And, and when you're in the sauna and there's no rules, so some people are in the sauna, some are out here eating, some are over here taking a dip, cooling off, some just sitting down and relaxing and then back in the sauna. Pretty soon you get this communal um, interaction going on. It's, it's just, it's part of the culture. And I think in America, we just never had that. And that's what's starting to catch on a little bit, I think, yeah. In, yeah. in addition to the health. Yeah, no, no, you're right. And that, that's a good thing for me too. We uh, actually, my wife and I just started sitting in the sauna together. Uh, I was always doing it by myself in the morning and I would use that time as kind of meditation and, uh, you know, play some, some meditation music and, and, you know, kind of working on my breathing. So you can do that too. Sure. But then, but then now uh, we're uh, sitting in it together of an evening and you're right, you have that kind of social interaction that's very healthy as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, very good. So, um, so somebody's listening to this and, and they say, Oh gosh, that sounds great. I mean, I want to, I want to get me a sauna. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, price variation in, in saunas. There's some, some cheaper ones out there. I mean, what, what does somebody need to look for when they're wanting to purchase a sauna? Well, first, let's be talking about traditional saunas, not the infrared cabins, because that's a whole different deal. Okay. And when, you, when you're looking for a sauna, if I'm going to put on my objective hat and forget brands for a minute, you, you first have to decide, are you going to have your sauna indoors or outdoors? That's the first thing. And that's, that's probably, for most people, more of a practical thing that they're trying to fill a space or create an environment. Um, and there are some, we make, we do probably 50, 50, uh, uh, overall indoor versus outdoor. And then the next thing you need to decide is what size, or do you plan to use it just yourself, two people, six people? That's the next big qualifier is the size because you can have a sauna. You, we make saunas for one person and we make saunas for eight people. And then once that's established, now, the, the essence of the sauna is the construction of the material and, of course, the type of heater. And you want a good quality heater. You want something that's, if it's electric, you want it to make sure it's a, a UL-listed approved heater for, for sauna use. If it's a wood-burning heater, you want to make sure it's properly, in most cases, properly sized to the, to the room. And the manufacturer should be able to help you with that. Uh, and, and so from our standpoint, Harvia Group, you know, we, we cover all those ranges and I'm not, I'm not saying this as an endorsement. I'm just, we, we have so many different, if you were shopping, if you, if you were going to buy a sauna for me right now, I'd ask you these questions. And then once we drill down, now we'd have to start talking about what type of heater you want. What do you want to accomplish with it? You know, we have, we have sauna heaters, uh, deluxe ones. They're all digital controls. 
we have sauna heaters that have a, um, a, a steam reservoir with it. So it, it, you can throw water on the rocks, of course, but it also just increases the relative humidity in the room constantly by throwing humidity along with the heat, if that's something you want. So the, I'm, I'm getting complicated because you could, we sell a lot of our saunas as just a kit. You, you go online somewhere, you buy the whole thing, it comes to your door and you put it together. We've, we've taken all those um, questions away from you by packaging this the way we think it, it's a good package. If you like the size, you like the way it looks, go for it. Maybe that's what you did when you bought yours. Um, so we, we can, we've got standard packages, we can do customs, but those are the things that a buyer, regardless, is gonna to wanna to look for location, size, and then what are you trying to accomplish? Okay. How big of a concern, and this may be more, uh, you know, the infrareds, but uh, when I was looking around, you know, I read a lot about EMF and that, that you want something with low EMF. Is that more of a concern with the infrared rather than the traditionals because of all the electricity and, and the Bluetooth and everything that's in those? Well, I'm, I'm going to be a little careful here because I'm not – there are there is so much misleading information along with accurate information on the, the websites and and you you kind of hear what you want to hear because everybody who's selling something has their own story but emf electromagnetic uh comes from everything i, I can put my cell phone up and you've heard the news some people say well that it's going to give you cancer well i if that's if that's the case we're all in trouble but everything that generates electricity apparently does do that. And so an infrared unit has a lot of electronics in it, but it's all low voltage. It's a 110 volt plug-in and you can get meters to, to test, but, but you, you know, it's how close you get to it and how far away is it in the center of the room. Is it at the point of the, the electrical thing in a traditional sauna? Of course, you only have one item. You know, you could have a light, course but but the heater is the only thing and it has two layers the only heat's coming out the top it's not coming out the sides in the, the electric you know so so the, the the exterior has two walls of metal and so the electromagnetic coming through there is minimized it's, as i recall it's almost non-existent and so whatever then comes through the top is is what's there I'm not, I'm not an expert on that because I don't know who is, to be honest with you. It's, it's what, it's what story you want to believe. Okay. Uh, what about the type of wood? I, I know most of them are probably made out of cedar. Does, does the type of wood matter? Actually, most are not made out of cedar. Oh, um, okay. In the U S you get a lot of cedar because it's a, it comes from Canada or Western U S it's a, it's a native species. Very few cedar saunas in Europe because it's not a native uh, lumber. Um, in Europe, you get a lot, a lot of uh, Nordic spruce, a lot of aspen, um, some exotic, not exotic, but, but more specialty lumbers. In the U.S., you get a lot of cedar, a hemlock, a fir, and we use, we use all of these. Um, but cedar is quite popular. You know, for an outdoor sauna in particular, cedar has naturally resistant properties for degradation in the, in the outdoors, the weather, moisture, and so forth. So it's an ideal lumber for using on a, like our barrel saunas are nearly always built in cedar because they just, they, they, they last forever. 
but there are many different types of wood. And, and the wood, it needs to be a soft wood. But, but as long as it's a soft wood and it doesn't bleed a lot of pitch or sap, as we call it, then you're, you're fine. But if you would put, uh, take in your sauna right now, I don't know what yours is made of, but if you take a, a, a block of oak and you take a block of cedar and set them at eye level in your sauna on a shelf, when you're using your sauna and it's nice and hot in there, and after 10 minutes, you try picking them up and you can pick up the cedar and the, you'll burn yourself on the oak. And so a hardwood is never used in a sauna because you can't sit on it where it has to be a softwood. But there are many softwoods. Uh, so you mentioned the, the barrel sauna. I know you, the, the Almost Heaven makes a barrel sauna and there's not, it doesn't seem to be a lot of those out there. Is there any benefit to a barrel shaped sauna or is it just a, a personal preference? I mean, does it distribute the heat differently? Yeah, a, a barrel sauna, well, to your first point, you don't see a lot of them. There, there are different ones out there, but truthfully, almost heaven and the Harvey group, we, we've, just, we've just perfected building these and, and the designs, and we can build a lot of them, but a lot of different variations. And we've, we're, we're the go-to folks for the barrel sauna. From a functional standpoint, yeah, for outdoors, for example, if you're in an area where in half the country is where there's a lot of snow, you don't have to worry about snow load. The design of the barrel, I mean, we've got pictures of these saunas with six feet of snow on top of them up in the, you know, up in the Rocky Mountains or something. They're just designed to structurally hold the load. They also, uh, just because of the design, you don't need to worry about water accumulation and roofing and all that. You know, some water may seep through the joints, but it evaporates when you turn the sauna on. From a functional standpoint, yeah, if you take a, a cylindrical tube like that and compare it to a square tube, there's a lot more usable space in the round and, and per cubic meter of heat, it's more efficient in the barrel sauna. And then of course, as the heat rises from the heater, it kind of pushes itself back down the radius of the sauna. That said, the only negative I would say to a barrel sauna, if there is one, is if, if someone wants a large space to fit a lot of people in multi-level seating, well then precisely because of the radius, you're limited you know, to how much cubic airspace you can have in there. But we, they're charming. You know, you've seen pictures of them. They, they look great in the backyard. You can do so many things with them. I've seen them set halfway into a hillside. Um, uh, I've seen them, you know, with smokestacks on them and, and wood burning things in them and snow packed on top and vines growing up the sides and, and people do some pretty creative things in with a barrel because it's, it's just a, just a cute, charming, um, a product. You can do a lot of creative things with your home or backyard. Now you mentioned a minute ago that you know, people have to decide if they want an outdoor sauna versus an indoor sauna. Uh, most people, unless, you know, they are building a house with the intentions to, to put a sauna, uh, you know, wouldn't have a room for one. That was my case. So I was just, I kind of had to put one outside. I'm assuming that's just probably a, a personal preference. Is there any advantage of, of having one out outdoors versus indoors? Uh, not from a, not from the experiential part of it. The sauna is going to heat in both cases it's going to get to temperature in both cases and you're going to have the same experience where it gets a little bit 
it's a little bit easier outside in terms of the function of it. So if you're throwing water around and in, in this and that, uh, and water drips out the floor where the drain, you know, if you're in the house, you probably want to make sure that you're in a setting that that doesn't affect, you know, what's ever underneath it or the floor below it. Um, outside, you know, you can, you're dealing with um, just the natural, I don't know, the outdoors. Maybe you're going to set something else out there. Maybe you're going to have a part of your outdoor kitchen, you know, saunas right there. You can eat and go to the sauna. On the other hand, maybe indoors, uh, you've got an indoor uh, workout room or something and, and you want the sauna right by that or by your bathroom where you already have a shower. All the barrel saunas, they can go indoors as well as outdoors, but they rarely do. They're just designed to be an outdoor product. Whereas the indoor saunas, because they're square and they're not designed to keep rain out, rarely go outside. And if they do, then they're generally under a canopy, a, a porch or something, so that the rain, you know, rain will accumulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, mine is outdoors, and uh, I I kind of like it outdoors. I've got a little window on mine, and it's just nice to kind of look yeah. out. You know, I've got a field back back behind me. Now the downside to it is I've got to go turn it on if it's bad weather outside. I've got to walk out, turn it on, and it is going to take a little longer to heat up. You know, right. it's starting starting out at a colder temperature, but I mean, it's not bad. Like you said, it's going to eventually get to the same temperature. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I guess just personal preference. Yeah. And, so, and you learn yeah. your own sound of, you know, for the first few times you operated, I'm sure you had to kind of play with it to figure out how long it took to heat it to the temperature you liked. Um, and that, that allowed you to gauge, you know, when to turn it on and it's ready for you after your workout or whenever you like to do it. But in short order, people learn. I often tell people to wait on buying all your accessories and stuff until after you've used your sauna a little bit. Then you can decide, uh, do I want to get uh, essential oils for the water? Do I want to get backrests? Do I want extra lighting? Do I want... All of this can be added, but it'll be a little bit dictated by how you like to use the sauna. Yeah. All right. Anything else that uh, we didn't cover about saunas that, that you would like to add? Well, uh, only that your timing on this is uh, just perfect because the saunas are becoming f very popular in North America. Uh, it's, it's, it's starting to catch on from an education standpoint. People are learning through just like this podcast, but, but through advertisements, through seeing one in their neighbor's house or, or trying one at their neighbor's starting to learn what a sauna is. And so I, I think that um, the word is getting out. The more, the more people that know, the better. And the other thing I would, I would just add is people, you know, before I, you asked me when I started getting into saunas and I said, when we bought the company, never, I really never had a sauna. I can only think of a hotel or even now my local gym. But for the most part in the U.S., you should not look at your local gym or health club or hotel as what a sauna is because they don't know. And in most cases, these saunas and my local gym, first of all, it's not hot. They keep it at 160. They won't let you throw water on it. The, the, the heater's designed to have water thrown on it, but they have these big signs, water not allowed. And that's very typical in the U.S., because these people don't have any idea what a sauna really is. And so it's a shame because it's a, it's a wrong message 
to what a sauna is and people in their mind thinking, well, that's it. And, and that's not it. So um, whatever you can do on your side to promote it, let's do it. Great. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love my sauna. I, and, and everybody I had talked to, and that's what made me get one. Everybody I had talked to said the same thing that how much they love their sauna. And now that I have one, I will, I will never do without one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if something ever happens in my sauna, I'm getting another sauna. I'm not, I'm never not going to have one. It's just, it's, it's that beneficial, not only from a health standpoint, but everything you mentioned from a you know relaxation and you just, you just feel good. I mean, there's yeah. just, so yeah, I, I absolutely love my well, sauna. Will you, uh, uh, let's stay in touch because maybe on one of these upcoming trips to Finland, you can uh, tag along and we can take you to some of the real saunas. There you go. Yeah, that, that'd be awesome for sure. Well, very good. Uh, so I always, uh, as we wrap up here, I always ask my guests to give us one uh, tip that can make us healthier today. I'm kind of springing this on you here, but uh, so what would you say? Uh, one tip that can make us healthier today, and it can be sauna. I know we're talking about sauna, so... <laughs> Yes, uh, I would say experience the uh, health benefits of sauna by one time, if you've not done it, try, search it out and find a genuine sauna experience. But then I would also say, that exclusive of saunas, a good night's sleep. That just, I, for myself personally, you combine, of course, sauna is one thing, but uh, get good rest, good sleep, and you're just ready for the next day and you're all there. Very good. Okay. Well, Rick Mao, we appreciate your time. Uh, so how can, how can people find you kind of, uh, about almost heaven saunas or the. Yep. Our website is uh, almost heaven.com. Uh, I'm happy to take emails at Rick at almost heaven.com. Okay. Well, very good. Right. We appreciate, uh, appreciate your time and appreciate you guys listening and we'll uh, see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com or you can email me at drgreg at vibrantlifedc.com. This podcast is for general information only. It is not intended as a substitute for general health care services. If you have medical conditions, you need to see your doctor. Use of this information is at the user's own risk.